Rational Creatures, a Persuasion Modern Adaptation on YouTube, Episode 1. Hello everybody, just a little bit of housekeeping before I get in to Rational Creatures. My thought on this is that there are 18 episodes, I believe, of Rational Creatures. They're all up on YouTube. The whole series is out. And I want to sort of review each episode as an individual, like, kind of mini episode from my podcast. Um, And so instead of having a sort of 40-minute, hour-long episode on the entire series, I'm planning to put out a number of shorter episodes about each individual YouTube video. Um, So hopefully that's not too obnoxious for you guys. Um, But I really just want to cover each up. I think it'll be easier for me to like focus on each individual video individually as opposed to trying to talk about larger chunks of the show. So that's my plan for what I'm going to do. So this mini episode is going to be about episode one and the introduction to Rational Creatures. Um, So just an overview of the show as a whole. It is a modern adaptation of Persuasion by Jane Austen, um, including LGBTQ plus people, people of color, um, and just sort of, I guess, I don't know how to put it, more modern concepts of that. Um, And I think that's really interesting. So, for example, Fred who is Captain Wentworth, Frederick Wentworth, is bisexual. And a lot of the other characters are as well. A number of them are. There will be a... There is a um, lesbian relationship, marriage. There are gay relationships. There are straight relationships. And people are sort of fluid in those sorts of situations. There's also an asexual character, which I think is fun. So... Um, they kind of play with that. They don't make it the point necessarily. Um, but it is something that is, you know, these characters just exist in the way that they do in the, you know, sexual orientations that they are, um, which works for me. So I think it's a really cool adaptation. Honestly, I think at this point it probably is my favorite adaptation I've seen of Persuasion so far. Though there haven't been that many. I've only seen... The competition isn't that stiff, if I'm being honest. So I've seen three movie adaptations of Persuasion at this point. Um, and they've all been on this podcast. So if you want to know how, what I thought of them, go watch that. Um, Persuasion, the novel, is not my favorite of Jane Austen's. It's a little too, I think, sad and serious for me. I, I tend to be in Jane Austen for the comedy. And Persuasion, I don't feel like, gives me enough of it. Um, I will also say... My caveat for this always is it is the one I've read the least because I've only read it the one time that I have read it for the podcast. And that might not have been the best way to introduce myself to that novel. And I don't know. I do tend to like things better on rereads and things. So I do plan to reread it eventually and I might like it better. Um, So I stand to be corrected. But I didn't love the novel so much. And I have watched a number of movie adaptations, and none of them did I really love. So there's one, there are two main ones that people seem to like, 
I'm forgetting the years they were, but I've seen the two sort of big movie versions before the new Netflix one. Um, and both of them I thought were good. Um, good adaptations, but in the same way that I wasn't in love with the book, I wasn't in love with the movies. And then there was the adaptation um, that I hated on Netflix, which I talked about in depth on this podcast already. Um that I really didn't like. And it's kind of sad because what they seemed to try to do is they wanted to turn Persuasion into more of a comedy, which you would think I would love. Because I just said I didn't really like Persuasion because it's not comedic enough. And then they tried to turn it into a comedy. So I should love that, right? But I didn't find it funny. Like the humor was very slapstick and weird. And I don't know, it just wasn't my style of humor. Now I have seen a lot of people hated it but a, a number of people seem to like it too and thought it was hilarious so it is humor that works for somebody it's just not humor that worked for me so it did the whole movie really didn't work for me because of that so there isn't a lot of competition so it's kind of damning with faint praise when I say that it is my that this new adaptation rational creatures is my favorite adaptation but it's still true I did think that this is a really good adaptation of persuasion I liked how they updated everything into this more modern setting. This is the only modern adaptation of Persuasion that I have personally seen. I know there is a modern adaptation online somewhere streaming, but I have not watched it. Um, so this is my only exposure to a modern adaptation of this story. And I think the way they did it works, in my opinion. And I really, really liked that they incorporated a more fluid sexual orientation sort of set, set up and family and we'll get into some of the character choice changes that they made I think the biggest one is Mary slash Marisol um her uh which is the sister um I think that that character is the one that they changed the most in my opinion um and and I liked it I like Marisol so um, yeah, that's really all I've got to introduction. Let's get into this episode. All right, so episode one is seven minutes long. And the first thing I will say is that I really enjoy the music that they have in this series and also that you should definitely watch it with the closed captions on because they give you some extra information or there's a little joke sometimes in the closed captions. So highly recommend the closed captions. Anyway, the first episode starts with Fred Wentworth. Um, you don't know necessarily that he's Fred, I suppose, yet. But he's sitting there drawing, doodling in a little journal. And there's, you know, some traffic noise, some birds. And then the music starts up and he's, you know, crossing out his stuff. He's looking through pictures. Seems like he's packing stuff up a little bit. And then he's walking out with a backpack. And he just looks generally exasperated <laughs> as he heads outside. Then it switches over to Anna, who is our Anne Elliot. 
Only she's Anna Elias. And she's typing an email. And it's clear she's in her, I guess, family, family home. There's pictures of her as a child. There's a man in a suit talking on a Bluetooth like headset thing. Not paying any attention to her, who is her father. And this is where you learn that he runs a travel agency and Anna helps him with it. And you see her typing emails behind the scene, filling up his tea with hot water, like kind of being his secretary all around go-to person. And I get the impression, at least, that we're meant to believe she's sort of running things behind the scenes while he's just the face of this organization. And like he schmoozes people and that's really all he does while she does all the legwork. That's what I think anyway. That's the implication I believe is going on here. And Anna looks rather depressed and sad. Then we switch back to Wentworth, or Fred, as we're going to call him in this series. And he is swiping through, I think, is it social media? No, it's like um, about travel sites, about traveling and hidden things to see and all of that on his phone. We will learn very soon that he is, has been traveling for years and is trying to write a book about it. This would be his second book. He's already written one book about it. All right, then we're back to Anna and her dad. Her dad is still chatting to somebody on the phone. Or no, now he's not. He's now going to be talking about Elliot, who we will meet later in the series. And he's just kind of talking about and you're that's the problem with your generation blah 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 and being upset that you know the websites are going to get rid of you know travel agencies like he runs and we find out that his travel agency is in fact not doing well which makes sense in the modern age and he can no longer pay her to work for him at the travel ag travel agency though i we get the impression i think that he's expecting her to stay in continue helping him for free um which isn't great then we switch to a woman sitting on the floor studying and see that fred is calling her and it's his sister and so she is studying astrophysics and he wants to talk to her then we go back to Anna, and she's calling her sister Marisol to tell her about the situation with Poppy, her dad, about, you know, how she's not going to get paid to work for the travel agency anymore and how there isn't the money. So it makes sense that she's not getting paid. But Marisol is obviously mad about it and says, you know, this is completely ridiculous. You can't just work for him for free. And Anna is being very practical, like, well, he obviously doesn't have the money to pay me right now. The agency's not doing well. There aren't any clients. Um, and that she might be looking for a part-time job. And they come up with this plan, or Marisol basically comes up with this plan. And uh, so this plan is that Anna is going to come live with her and her significant other. I think maybe they might. Be, I think they're married. So wife Charlie. So this is our first couple from the book, right? There was Charlie and Mary uh, Musgrove in the novel, and. Mary was Anne's sister, so now it's Anna and Marisol, and Charlie is a girl, or a woman, so I'm assuming short for Charlotte or something, um, but they are a married couple, 
I believe they're married anyway. They're at least a very strong, solid couple that live together. And so Marisol invites Anna to come live with her and Charlie. And she can try to get a job near them at a coffee shop they know nearby that is hiring. And that she says her wife, Charlie, knows the owner and can get her an interview and blah, blah, blah. And Anna at first is sort of hesitant to do that. She's a little scared by it, but um, eventually agrees to talk to Poppy about it. And we're switching in this point back and forth between Fred then talking to his sister about how he is struggling with his new book that he's writing. And she talks him into coming to stay with her to help take a break and help him work on his writing and to see family. And so that's how they're both going to come together. So we don't know this yet, but turns out that Fred's sister and Anna's sister are neighbors. And that's how everyone's going to end up together is because they all live in the same building now, same apartment complex. And so this is setting up how everyone is going to end up together in this apartment complex. So the other thing that happens during this conversation is we get the first big, I think, change in character for Marisol, who I already said, I think is one of is the character that I think changes the most from the novelization version. So in the novel, Mary is sort of a, I don't know, hypochondriac or something. I don't think that's quite, quite the correct word um, because Mary just is telling everyone that she's sick all the time, even though she seems to actually be fine. She's, I don't think she even actually necessarily believes she's sick. She's just looking for sympathy all the time. Um, maybe she has Munchausen. I don't know, but she is always trying, always saying that she's ill, um, and wanting sympathy and help from everybody because she's ill. And that is the reason that Anne goes to stay with her. And Charlie and her husband, Charles, Charles, not Charlie. In this version, she's Charlie. Um, so that she can help Mary who needs the support of Anne. And in this version, that's still kind of the same reason Marisol is saying, oh, I need you more than Poppy does because I need. But in this version, instead of her like saying she needs the help because she's got all these fake ailments, she is, she's got a chronic illness. She's got, I believe it's arthritis. They don't come out and say it fully in this episode. I think they say it later. But we get the impression that she has some sort of ongoing illness. Um, she's talking about how she needs someone to, to go with her to her infusion appointments. Of I'm assuming some sort of medication. And how when her hands get bad, she needs help with um, packing up her Etsy orders to ship out. Um, which... I think is the arthritis piece of that, um, that she's got this sort of pain disorder, chronic pain disorder. And so that's the first big thing is that when Marisol is asking for help, it's for a real illness versus Mary wanting help from her imaginary illnesses. But B, Marisol is asking for this help, but it's also very clear that it's just sort of a ploy, like, to try and talk Anna into coming and staying with them because she thinks that's what's best for Anna, not because she actually wants Anna to be there as like her slave labor. Like she's, I mean, I'm sure she'll accept help from Anna and she'll do things or she'll, you know, accept her company and things. 
But it's very clear she wants Anna to move in with her, not because she thinks she needs help from Anna, but because she thinks Anna will benefit from getting away from their father and from their family home and from working for their father for free. And so this is a big character change, in my opinion, in that I already like Marisol way more than I liked Mary. <laughs> and Marisol and Charlie in this first episode are so cute together. I love them a lot. Um, they're the cutest little married couple. They're so sweet together. And it's nothing like the relationship between Charles and Mary Musgrove in the novel. At least my interpretation of it is not a sweet, cute relationship. They seem to sort of despise each other or barely tolerate each other in the novel. Um, and this version, it's clear they're actually a cute little couple that like each other and love each other. And that is very nice to see. Um, and that might be, so for me, this is a big change in these characterizations in this relationship and specifically in the character of Marisol versus Mary. And I really like it. So I'm very happy about that. And that is the biggest change I think I've seen from the novel in this particular portion of it. Now it's obviously much shorter. So we are not getting, we haven't really gotten any history between Fred and Anna yet, but we will get some as we go forward. But really what this first episode does is it introduces us to Fred and we know that he has is writing a second book and he travels a lot. We've been introduced to Anna who has been working for her father for some time. We find out that Fred has been on a quote unquote break for the last eight years. So it's, he's been traveling for eight years and Anna's been working for her father apparently for I don't know if that whole eight years, but she has been for a while now. And then we've met both of their siblings. We've met Marisol, who's Anna's sister. And then we've met, I think Sophie is Fred's sister. I believe her name's Sophie, but that might be the name from the book. I, I, I would assume it's the same in the show, but I am wouldn't swear to his sister's name at the moment. But we meet his sister, um, who is... The asexual character, we don't know that yet, but I'm, we'll find that out in future episodes, which is exciting for me. Um, and so, yeah, we've met a bunch, a bunch of these main characters here, and we have started the situation that will bring them all together. So from the novel, this is, the, this is kind of replacing the entire situation of her father running through their family money and needing to rent out the house and move to Bath and Anna staying behind to stay with Mary for a while. Um, we have gotten rid of the older sister, Elizabeth. We've gotten rid of Lady Russell, I believe. Neither of them are going to show up in this anywhere. Um, which is fine because I don't really like either of those characters. So we're kind of simplifying things, streamlining it a little bit with those characters being missing. And honestly, this first seven minute episode goes through a huge chunk of chapters of how much information and stuff goes on with the whole introducing us to the family and planning the move to Bath and blah, 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 blah. And we simplify it way down to just the travel agency is not doing well. Their father's not going to pay her anymore, so she comes to live with Mary instead for a while and get a job at a coffee shop. And that is sort of the whole introductory, introductory period here. Um, 
you know, we've also gotten rid of m the Musgrove parents, though there will be some other Musgrove siblings coming in, though those are important. The Louisa character is obviously going to be there. Um, and I do enjoy that characterization. So we'll get, we'll get to that. Um, but that's the big change, I think, is that with the big change that we've already seen storyline wise, the rest of it, I think, pretty much lines up for me and like beat for beat of like kind of how we're getting these characters around. But the big thing that I think is very different is Marisol and then Marisol's relationship with Charlie. Though Charlie, I think, is actually very similar to her novel Counterpoint, Counterpoint of Charles in that they seem both like very friendly, bubbly people, socially, you know, extroverted sort of people who like to be out and doing stuff. Um, so that's interesting. It's just Marisol that has changed, I think. And that's really all I have for episode one. That is the information. We are gathering our characters together and setting up that, of course, Fred and Anna are going to run into each other again. And all of those hijinks will ensue. So that is it for episode one. And I'll be back soon with episode two and another little mini episode about that next episode. I need to stop saying episode so many times. But hopefully you guys get it. See you there. Mm -hmm.